WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by Special Light in Decatur and Benton Harbor. There's a good chance you've walked through a Special Light door when you go to a local restaurant, school store, or plant in the newsroom. I'm Andrew Green. With gas prices at new highs in the state, Governor Gretchen Whitmer says she's met with Republican and Democratic leaders in Lansing. They're trying to find something to help. Conversations are ongoing. I am um, optimistic that we're going to find some common ground and be able to give people some relief at the pump. I know people are hurting. It's been tough. I've offered a number of solutions. The legislature has their own ideas. We're trying to negotiate so that we can get something done and give people some, some help. Senate Republicans have approved a bill to suspend the state's 6% sales tax on gas, as well as the $0.27 cent per gallon gas tax, until September. The governor has proposed rebate checks of $500. Gas prices were up again today by another $0.04 cents over yesterday, as uh, Michigan continues to top the national average by about $0.26 cents a gallon. AAA reports the average as of today was 521 a gallon. State Representative Mary Manugan says it's time to act. I think the idea of a gas tax holiday is not something we should leave behind. I think it's really important that we consider that option. Um, it would probably drop gas prices maybe about 50 cents a gallon. And for some people, that's a huge deal. Gas average just 301 at this time last year per gallon. Right now around the Benton Harbor St. Joe area, it averages about 519 a gallon. Meanwhile, with high gas prices having an effect on police agencies now, Isabella County Sheriff Michael Maine says they've used up their fuel, fuel budget. Well, our fiscal budget is, um, you know, ends in, in the 1st of October. Or, you know, our new one begins in the 1st of October. So, you know, we're sitting here at June, and um, our, that line item has exhausted itself. We knew that was coming. You know, we've been busier than, than past years. It's, uh, it's been very taxing, and, you know, with the increase, it, it has affected us. As a result, Maine says they'll handle less serious calls over the phone. They'll go out on calls with active suspects or where a deputy is needed to manage the situation. Meanwhile, here in Berrien County, Sheriff Paul Bailey tells us his agency has not had to scale back operations due to the gas price, but he suspects the county administrator will have to make an adjustment to the budget for that. Bailey says the sheriff's department has 25 patrol cars plus a variety of support vehicles for detectives in the jail. They budgeted $3 a gallon for gas this year, thinking that would be enough. It turns out it's not close. Bailey says the department has scaled back. Bailey says the department has not scaled back patrols or any other services, but this is something county leaders will have to figure out when the time comes. A virtual meeting will be held next week for residents of Chickaming Township to offer their input on the issue of coastal erosion and preservation as officials draft the next township master plan. Chickaming Township Supervisor David Bunty tells us the shoreline has changed quite a bit in the last couple of years. It's it's dramatic. Anyone that's lived here quite some time knows that these lake levels rise and fall, but we've had some amazing drops now after historically high levels back in 2019-2020. Bunty says that the township's going to plan for future years when those high Lake Michigan water levels return, whenever it might be. In the past, when we had lake levels that were as high as they were, or record highs back in the late 80s, and they receded for such a long period of time that people forgot that the lake levels will eventually rise again. Bundy says everyone was scrambling to deal with the high levels when they returned in 2019 and 2020. They don't want that to happen again. Next Wednesday's meeting will be over Zoom at 6 p.m. You can uh, sign up to take part at resilientmichigan.org slash
A student enrolled in First Tee of Benton Harbor has been selected for the National First Tee Scholarship Programs Class of 2022. First Tee of Benton Harbor Development Director Josh Schaefer tells us Connor Shooks just graduated from Lake Michigan Catholic High School and is soon headed off to LaLoya University in Chicago. He is an outstanding, what I would view as a absolute model participant with our chapter. He joined us over six years ago, and really since he has been a part of things, he has gone above and beyond and really just dove into our program and has volunteered with us over the years, regularly stays after class to help with the younger kids. Schaefer says Shooks is one of just 25 students nationwide to be selected for a First T scholarship. That's out of around 150 chapters worldwide. Schaefer says, It's great to see such a deserving local youth get the recognition he deserves. Shook plans to study sports management. The Sturgis baby formula plant that was shut down by the FDA, causing a nationwide baby formula shortage, is now back up and running. Congressman Fred Upton tells us he spoke with Abbott Laboratories last week and learned a product should start to show up on store shelves in a couple of weeks. He says federal action was needed to get the plant up and running again. I supported an effort to add more FDA, Food and Drug Administration, inspectors, and not only for the facility there in Sturgis, but across the country as well. And remember the FDA, we're seeing major imports come in from other countries now to help alleviate the shortage. Those facilities, as they should, should have that FDA inspector as well. Upton says bacteria was found in the baby formula made by Abbott, leading to the FDA shutdown. A House bill passed before Memorial Day to give the FDA more resources for inspectors. Upton says he hopes the Senate will take it up soon. Set to reopen for the year this month is the Benton Harbor Farmers Market. Berrien County Health Department Coordinator Chioma Agiofor tells us the market will start for the season, June 22nd, it's an opportunity for Benton Harbor residents to get locally produced fruits and vegetables. They'll be able to get fresh produce. They'll be able to kind of interact with other resources in the area because we have some people who will be down there passing out information. And one great thing about our market is that we do take several food assistance programs. So people are able to come to the market and use their WIC or their food stamps card to go ahead and get fresh produce. Geo4 says the market also will feature cooking demonstrations, fitness activities, and games for the kids. The health department started the market about 10 years ago to help fill a void in the area. The Benton Harbor Farmers Market will be held each Wednesday from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. at Dwight P. Mitchell City Center Park through September 14th. And volunteers are needed for this year's Maytag Ironman 70.3 Steelhead Triathlon. The event returns to Gene Clock Park June 26th. It consists of a 1.2-mile swim, a 56-mile bike ride, and a 13.1-mile run. It starts and ends at Gene Clock Park with a scenic course through southwest Michigan. There are currently a record number of athletes signed on to participate, and organizers say volunteers are needed for that Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. The volunteers are needed for a variety of roles, and for their trouble, they'll receive a free T-shirt, food, and an unforgivable experience helping the athletes cross the finish line. Anyone who's interested in signing up can do so at the Triathlon's website. We'll also have a link at our website. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg Report. WSJM News Now continues. Today, the House Oversight Committee heard from survivors as well as loved ones of victims and others affected by gun violence, especially the two deadliest mass shootings over the last few weeks at a supermarket in Buffalo, New York, at an elementary school in Uvalde, Texas, a small bipartisan group of lawmakers are in talks to see what kind of legislation could get passed to stop the violence. 
ABC's Karen Travers says for now, the president is not directly involved in the negotiations. The president is giving time and space to lawmakers right now to see if they can reach what the White House is saying is a meaningful agreement on some gun reform measures. That time and space is not unlimited. It's not infinite. And Democrats are hoping that by the end of this week, so maybe by Friday, there can be an agreement with this group of Republicans. It's a small group right now, just about eight lawmakers that have been meeting for a week and a half or so. Meanwhile, an 11-year-old girl who survived the mass shooting at an elementary school in Uvalde, Texas, told members of Congress today how she covered herself in her dead classmates' blood and played dead to avoid being shot. Maya Cerillo, a fourth grader at Robb Elementary School, told lawmakers in a pre-recorded video she watched a teacher get shot in the head before looking for a place to hide. Using the deceased teacher's phone, she called 911 and pleaded for help. Her testimony to the House Oversight Committee was a second day of testimony from families and victims and survivors of the mass shootings in Buffalo, New York and Uvalde. The House Committee on Oversight and Reform held a hearing today on gun violence. Much of the testimony was emotional. Here's ABC's Aaron Katursky on one of the effects of the Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting in 2012 in Connecticut when 26 people were killed, 20 of them children between 6 and 7. What it did do, though, in in certain states, uh, particularly Connecticut uh, and others, was to try and galvanize movements at at, at a more local level. And we've already seen that happen as a result of of Buffalo and Uvalde. New York, for example, signed a package of, of 10 Relatively mild measures, including raising the age to, to buy an AR-15 style rifle from 18 to 21. And so that may be the patchwork quilt of, of America's gun laws. That quilt may look a little bit different now, but the overall blanket of, of federal legislation is, is unlikely to change much. Russian authorities have kept up their crackdown on critics of its military operation in Ukraine. A court extended the jail stay of a journalist who's accused of spreading false information about the war. Authorities also confirmed similar charges have been filed against a Russian investigative journalist and a Russian novelist, but both of them live outside of Russia. In addition, Moscow's chief rabbi is reported to have fled the country and is staying in Israel because he refused to publicly support Russia's military invasion of Ukraine. A new super COVID-19 booster shot is being touted by drug maker Moderna. More from ABC's Derek Dennis. Moderna developing a new COVID-19 super vaccine booster that the company says could become an annual shot similar to the flu shot. I believe that we will be able to get to this once yearly dosing now because we have high levels now that will probably even increase and mature over time, potentially giving people protection over a full year. Moderna chief medical officer, Dr. Paul Burton, he says the newly developed shot has been shown to be highly effective in clinical trials and will put people on the right path toward the best possible coronavirus immunity. The next step, seeking FDA approval. Derek Dennis, ABC News. A mayoral aide says workers are removing bodies from the ruins of high-rise buildings in the devastated Ukrainian port city of Mariupol and transporting them in an endless caravan of death. The mayor said on the Telegram app Wednesday, a search of about two-fifths of the buildings, they have found between 50 and 100 bodies in each. They're taking the bodies to morgues and landfills. Ukrainian authorities estimate at least 21,000 civilians were killed and hundreds of buildings destroyed during a weeks-long Russian siege of Mariupol. Reports have surfaced of mass graves holding thousands of bodies. Russia claimed full control of Mariupol last month. 
EU lawmakers are endorsing a ban on combustion engine cars set to go into effect in 2035. More from ABC's Ines de The European Parliament backing a proposed ban on cars with combustion engines. The bloc is trying to ramp up the fight against climate change through the faster development of electric vehicles. The Assembly voted to require automakers to cut carbon dioxide emissions by 100 percent by the middle of the next decade, which in effect amounts to a ban on the sale of new cars powered by gasoline or diesel. Ines de ABC News, Paris. President Joe Biden will meet with allies in Germany and Spain in late June as he seeks to hold together a coalition opposing Russia's invasion of Ukraine. The White House announced today that Biden will travel to southern Germany on June 25th to attend a Group of Seven summit of leaders of the world's major industrialized nations. He'll then go to Madrid on June 28th for a NATO meeting. The summits are being held around the four-month anniversary of Russia's invasion of Ukraine and as the U.S. and its allies are being urged to send more advanced weaponry to help Ukraine defend itself. And the Foo Fighters are paying tribute to their fallen drummer, more from ABC's Jason Nathanson. It's a tribute to Taylor Hawkins. Two massive concerts featuring Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters, along with the family of Taylor Hawkins, to celebrate the life, music, and love of their husband, father, brother, and bandmate. First show at London's Wembley Stadium September 3rd, then a couple of weeks later in Los Angeles at the Kia Forum. We're told several of the musicians Hawkins idolized will be a part of the shows. Hawkins died in March while the band was on tour in Colombia, and we still don't have an official cause of death. Jason Athenson, ABC News, Hollywood. WSJM News now continues with your weather forecast.